Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Having a disability, whether blindness or another, can be difficult too. Sometimes a person wonders if God is even there. Yeah, but in room 4216... God shows us his path and we find... We are not alone. Hi everybody, it's Pastor Dave. Welcome back to room 4216. As we journey with Jesus to Jerusalem during Lent, we'll find that some of the gospel readings that are done in church will bring us themes and thoughts we don't necessarily like, but are very helpful to us. Luke 13, 31 to 34. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, go tell that fox I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the third day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. In this gospel reading, the theme that is picked up is fear. First, the Pharisees tell Jesus, you better go away. They were fearful that Herod would hurt Jesus. It's kind of odd. The Pharisees are the ones who actually would hurt Jesus in the end. It might be that these were believers, or that at this time they had a common enemy in Herod. No matter. Fear. And Jesus' response is kind of like, poppycock, tell that fox, which is interesting because of the picture he'll bring up in a second of chickens running around, and foxes chase chickens, and the chickens are fearful. You tell that fox, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And Jesus is basically saying, I'm just going to go on and do whatever I have to do, and I will not be bothered by him because it's not my time. I'll die on the cross when I need to die as the Messiah, is basically what he was saying. We many times are fearful. Being chased by a fox or a other enemy. It's interesting Jesus' words, though, is, Oh, I long to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks. How better does a chicken protect her uh, little ones, but by putting her under the wing, especially if it's a hawk flying in the air, then they can't even see those little chicklets. And so Jesus comes to care for us when we're running around being fearful. And it can be at times we might even feel like, yeah, I'm a lousy Christian, I flubbed up again, and I can't do much for Jesus. I can't, I find I... Why? Doesn't matter. Jesus is resolute to do what he wants. And that was to go to Jerusalem where he would die and not let Herod stop him. And secondly, 
to gather us under his wing. It doesn't matter when we fail, because Jesus did not fail. He is faithful to the end, and that includes to protect us and take away our fear. While on his journey to Jerusalem, Jesus was asked about many issues of life that we face even yet today. When tragic things happen, either caused by man or nature, why? Why do these happen? It's, it's the natural thing that comes to our mind. Why does this happen? If there is a God, how can he? Why does he let this happen? Luke chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. Now there were some present at the time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no. But unless you repent you too will all perish. Or those eighteen who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. What? So is Jesus saying, i got to be real good and then I'll, I'll survive, otherwise I'll perish? But isn't that what he just spoke about against? Uh, no matter how good or how guilty you are, it happens? Actually, it's something quite different. He's not speaking about repenting of your actions, but here repenting is your way of thinking. Repent means change. And many times it is, change your actions, but here it is, change your thinking. God doesn't just automatically punish those who are bad and, and then reward those who are good. Jesus is saying, punishment goes to the good and bad, just as rewards go to the good and bad. For Jesus even said in Matthew 5, the rain and the sun come down on both the righteous and and the unrighteous. Oh, well, in a way, that's kind of good news because, heck, I can think of a few things I've done wrong here or there, and if, if God were the God to just all, all of a sudden, boom, snap, zappo, I'd be in deep trouble. Well, then how should I change my mind? How does God think? Continuing with verse 6. Then Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in a vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit, Next year, fine. 
If not, then cut it down. Oh, I think I got it. The god who would zap instantly judgment is like that owner who wanted to cut down the tree, but the gardener who says, "No, give it one more year. I'll fertilize it and see if it bears fruit." That is Jesus, who had mercy and who is giving us time—a whole life full of time—to bear good fruit. This reading doesn't answer the question completely: Why do bad things happen? But one thing Jesus does tell us and promise us is that these things aren't because of punishment for sins. I mean, heck, after all, that's what Jesus' journey to Jerusalem is all about. He's going there to take our punishment for sin for us. Luke 15, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, "This man welcomes sinners and eats with them." Then Jesus told them this parable. Skipping down to verse 11, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, "Father, give me my share of the estate." Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach. With the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, "How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father." And say to him, "I have sinned against heaven, and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men." But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son.
But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what was going on. Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father came out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you, and never have I disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home. You kill the fattened calf for him. My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Oh, it's a familiar story, and we probably all might even be able to recite it about the young son who comes back. Oh, but there's more than this, because this gospel reading speaks to the issue of resentment that comes because of mercy. That's something that is a a Lenten theme, but it's a life theme as well. Resentment because of mercy or kindness. Look at the older son. He was very resentful because of what the father did towards the younger son. And now I pause and think about how many people who live, struggle with family dynamics where there was resentment and, and, and rejection and, and, and then parents trying to bend over backwards to help and it seems to get even worse. Oh yeah. So what does this gospel reading have to do with us today? Well, look at the father. When he saw the prodigal son, the one who ran away, coming, he ran to get him. He ran to hug him. And he wouldn't even let him finish his entire sentence. Fathers in the Middle East in Jesus' day didn't run. They didn't even walk. People had to approach them. And then look at what he did with the second son, who was resentful. The father went after him too. That's our God. He goes after all to have mercy. And we're not told whether this family was healed. Quite frankly, there are many times when we trust and believe in Jesus... There is division, and it can never be put together. But we do know, because of the Father's love, we will be with him in his heavenly home.
the Gospel reading, Luke chapter 20, verses 9 through 20, Jesus tells a parable. It's about a landowner who rents out his land, and then he sends a slave to come and collect the, the rent. And then a second and a third, because each time the tenants beat up the slave and the messenger sent to get the money and threw him out. So finally the owner said, I'll send my son, certainly to respect him. But the tenants saw who it was, and they beat him and killed him and said, now we can take it for our own. And Jesus concluded the parable by saying, will not the owner of the vineyard uh, come in and destroy them and give it to another? Most biblical scholars understand a parable to be an earthly story with one heavenly meaning. And in this parable, we have a foolish landowner, evil tenants, and a dead son. And as Jesus told this parable, the Jews picked up from him right away the idea that God was taking his favor from them and giving it to the Gentiles, and they were furious. So what do you and I pick up from this parable? Well, often we pick God up and throw him out of our lives. And how does this make us feel in the end? Alone? Helpless? Powerless? But we're not alone. Don't forget the dead son in the parable. Jesus was rejected, marginalized, killed on a cross. Christ's resurrection is for us God's affection, known through his resurrection. So we have connection and protection when we face rejection. Rejection. Affection. Connection. Protection. Resurrection. The building block, building block that was rejected became the cornerstone of a whole new world. The building block building block that was rejected became the cornerstone of a whole new world. In our next lesson, we again journey with Jesus. And where do we go, Cecilia? To Jerusalem. To Jerusalem. What an idea. I mean, we're talking big crowds, a triumphal entry, a visit to the temple, and a few other things. But of course, you'll have to come and join us to hear the rest of the story. Until then, we invite your feedback and Please. comments. Please send them on email to info, I-N-F-O, at notalone, N-O-T dash A-L-O-N-E, dot net, dot N-E-T. Thank you much. Have a great time. We'll see you next lesson. Bye. Noel Paul Stuckey sang Building Block. Brent Ford was the voice of the father. Carrie Ford was the voice of the servant. And Tori Andrus played the piano.